All right, good evening, everybody. So uh, before the service, uh, both Pastor and Tim had mentioned that they've been working on their testimony track, and Pastor asked me an interesting question. How long or how many words was your testimony? Well, I looked at my, I just looked it up, the one I'm currently rewriting, I have 700 words, and I'm about halfway. I looked at Katie's testimony that she had written, uh, almost 1,700 words. Um, so I'm going to say between 1,000 and 2,000 words will probably be, and Katie's testimony track is at 8.5 by 11, threefold. So I'd say probably 1,500 will be like the sweet spot. And then we're going to try to format them down into uh, something not this small. Do you have those two? I, the, yours? I, I, I don't have them tonight. But Mine has bigger words. Her font is bigger. So, yeah. Um, a trifold, but it's about yay big. For those on the recording, that's half of an eight and a half by 11. So four and a, whatever the math is. Um, that's the size we're going to try to shoot for. So it'll be a little bit more portable. But yes, Katie. Yeah. It's a good point. So my plan is is to ask for a template from other people who've already written it, um, so we can like try to get it into a smaller way, and then print it and have it ready to hand out. So if you have your testimony almost done, good job. Keep keep at it. Um, Tim said he finished up a rough draft today, and that word reminded me of school, rough draft. Uh, it's been a while, but you're going to get a rough draft of my message tonight. Uh, the last couple of days have been rather busy, so I just have some thoughts uh, jotted down that we want to look at uh, this evening. Last week, we looked at um, the encounter of Jesus with Nicodemus on how Jesus dealt with a religious lost person. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at Jesus' approach with a sinner, someone who this person did have some religious background, as we'll see as when I read the text. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we're going to look at uh, Jesus's encounter with the woman at the well, um, the woman of Samaria, and um, and I found five different things looking at this passage that we're going to at least highlight, bring out tonight on uh, ways to deal with someone who's a sinner. Of course, we all know everyone is a sinner. Nicodemus was a sinner, uh, but Jesus dealt with him in a different way than he dealt with the woman at the well here. Um, so we're going to read, well, I'll read John chapter 4 down to verse 42 so we can get the, the context. And then I got five p- 
points that I saw here in this passage on uh, the ways that Jesus dealt with this lady, a woman who was a sinner. So John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. For whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus answered unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saith thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me. The hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain, nor yet at Jerusalem, worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not. What we know, what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews." But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And I'm going to skip down. Um, to verse 39, um, just to send my voice a little bit, but uh, it's that part when the lady's going out to get her husband or husbands, and then uh, the disciples come back. But then back in um, verse, and Jesus has a conversation with the disciples, uh, but then we pick up in verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, 
Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So we see in this encounter Jesus dealing with uh, the woman at the well, a uh, Samaritan woman um, here. I just need a quick drink. Um, and studying out this passage, I saw five different things. You could probably pull out more, but five things that I saw that Jesus did in this situation in dealing with this woman, and then eventually uh, he was able to deal with many other people. They said they were there uh, for two days. But the first thing I saw here was when prompted by the Spirit, this is for us, to talk to someone, do it. Uh, I see here in Jesus' life, in this example, verse number four, he specifically says, it specifically says, and he, talking about Jesus, must needs go through Samaria. And then in verse 34, which we didn't read, Jesus said to his disciples, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. The whole point of Jesus being on the earth for three and a half years was to do his father's will. And it was his father's will to go into Samaria and to see this woman. Um, he must needs go through Samaria, it says in verse 34. And his meat was to do the will of the Father, verse 34. And, of course, we see that throughout um, the New Testament, Jesus always saying he is here to do the Father's will. He does what the Father wants him to do. And it was the Father's will that he met with this lady. Ever have that opportunity where you're maybe out passing tracks out or you just see someone and, like, the Lord prompts you, Go give that person a track. Or if you're in a conversation with someone, someone at work, um, just someone casually, and the Lord prompts you, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is within you, prompts you to have a spiritual conversation or give that person a track. When we're prompted to do it, we should do it. I mean, I've heard stories of uh, um, people who've been out on visitation or handing out tracts and they see the gruffest, meanest looking person that could be a person in a Harley gang, uh, long hair, chains, and sort of looks like, uh, well, I'm not going to say that. Um, I was just, someone at close to home looks like they could have been in a Harley gang at one time. I found out she was in the Navy, but that's beside the point. Um, but and the story I'm thinking of, this example uh, another preacher was giving, uh, he went up to this person and he had a very profitable spiritual conversation with this person who looked like he could smack your head off with his, with his hand. But uh, he was a nice guy, he had a spiritual conversation, but the Lord had prompted him to go talk to that person, give that person a track, and it, they had a profitable a spiritual conversation. So when we're prompted by the Spirit to talk to someone, we should do it. And I will fully admit, there have been times I've been told to do that, and I haven't, and I've regretted it. Uh, now, there have been times I've been scared, didn't want to go talk to someone, and I've had good experiences. So we see in this example, Jesus knew that was the will of the Father to talk to this lady. He must needs go through Samaria. So first point, 
first thing here, when prompted by the Spirit to talk to someone, do it. Then, second of all, I see here in verse 10, um, Jesus, well, we want to turn the conversation to a spiritual topic. Jesus took the response of this woman to his simple request of ask, he asked her for water. He took that, her, uh, his request and her response and turned the conversation into a spiritual one. We see here in uh, verse 9, uh, obviously she saw that he was a Jew. How is, that, that, how is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? There really isn't anything uh, spiritual exactly in that response to her. But Jesus comes right back at her and says, If thou knewest the gift of God. So Jesus turned the conversation from a conversation about having a drink. Racism really is what she's bringing up here. Uh, you're, you're a Jew. Why are you talking to me? A Samaritan, a half-breed, people that the Jews hate. Well, Jesus turned that response into a spiritual question. And then next, what we see in verses 11 through 15, Jesus used analogies that was relatable to this person. And for us, we can use analogies in witnessing that can be relatable to, to the person we're dealing with. Of course, it's going to take some questions because you may not uh, know, but, or I was just thinking there was one time I was handing out tracts in the streets of New York and you can, I'm a Yankees fan, so I had that relatable opportunity. We had those Mickey Mantle tracks. That's one way of relatable thing. I mean, of course, everyone in New York is walking around with, not everyone, but most people are walking around with a Yankees hat. They may, not, may or may not be a, um, a Yankees fan, but that's something you can see. I remember, Pastor, you mentioned uh, asking people about their tattoos. There are different things that we can look at analogies that is relatable to that person that we can use. Jesus used an earthly analogy to make a spiritual point about water. Uh, the next thing to see here in verses um, 16 through 18, it's after their conversation going back and forth about spiritual water, drinking physical water, you're going to thirst again. I mean, I just took a sip of my water a couple of minutes ago. I need to take another sip because it's earthly water and I... We're going to thirst again. But Jesus gives the analogy. You drink of the spiritual water, you'll never thirst again. But he comes to that point um, in verse 15. Okay, he told her, told her about the spiritual water springing up into life everlasting. Then the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Look at his response in verse 16. He doesn't say, get on your knees and pray. He says, go call thy husband and come hither. Well, he knew her heart. He knew that she'd had five husbands, and the person she's living with right now is not her husband, so there's, there is some promiscuity in her life, um, at least with the... The sixth man she's with, she, he's not, they're, they're not married, so they're living in fornication. And, uh, of course, it, it could imply other things, that she might have been a harlot because she was at the well at the sixth hour. That's, not, that, that's noon. That's like 
top of the day, that's hot. Uh, people don't go draw water uh, at, at noon in this time. They would do it early in the morning. So Jesus knew something about this woman, knew about her sin. Jesus points out her sin. We need to expose the person's sin. Jesus alludes to her sin by what he says in these verses. Now, we aren't Jesus. We don't know people's heart. And we can see what's on the outside um, and make a judgment call. But um, there are ways that we can probe. We can ask questions. Um, Something that I've used before is our track a good person test. You can go, you can ask the person, do you know about the Ten Commandments? I mean, there have been several times, Katie and I have been on visitation, and it's been several years, but uh, we've been able to use questions from the Ten Commandments to expose someone's sin. And I still remember the one time, I don't think you were with me, but I was going through the uh, good person test, and I got to the one about, um, have you killed anybody? And the guy's like, yes, I was in the military and I killed people. I was like, oh, I didn't really know what to say. I think I stumbled out something about that. But um, these, the Ten Commandments are something that you can use. Uh, good person test. I'm going to leave these tracks up here. Uh, I had to dig through our track rack or track box to find these because they were all out of the track rack. But... Were those the type of tracks that were in the car? Okay, perfect. Um, but uh, Jesus is pointing out this woman's sin. And really, we, people need to acknowledge, like as we looked at last week about the darkness and the light, the darkness of our hearts needs to be exposed until we to get to that point of believing in Jesus and realizing, okay, I do have a problem He is offering a solution. Jesus exposes this lady's sin. And then you see the next thing. We want to point people to Jesus, that he is the the answer. Um, Verses 21 through 24, Jesus goes through this, talking about worshiping God. But there's that one phrase in verse 21. He says, woman, believe me. People need to believe on Jesus. They need to realize they have sin, that they have a reason that they need to believe, but then they need to believe in Jesus. And then we see in verses 25 through 26 um, that he reveals to her that he is the Messiah that she had talked about. Uh, She said, um, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And then he says to her, Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And then at that point, um, his disciples come back and pursue, and well, verse 28 says, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men. And then all those people start coming after uh, the interaction Jesus has with his disciples. But, so we see in this passage, the example of Jesus, of how he dealt with someone who would be considered a sinner. Uh, he, when he was prompted by the Father to do something, he did it. 
We need to, when we're prompted by the Spirit to witness to someone, to give them a track, to say something, um, we need to do it. And then we see that Jesus turned the conversation to a spiritual topic. And then he used analogies, uh, spiritual or physical analogies with spiritual points. He used analogies that were related to the person. We need to see what, just look at the person and, of course, we can make, we'll make judgment calls, but try to use analogies that can be relatable to the person. But then we need to get to the point of the person seeing their sin and that they have a need. You can have the opportunity using a good person test, um, using the Ten Commandments, and being like, hey, this is what God says. How do you measure up? And then... We need to point people to Jesus. Jesus told this lady that she needed to believe, and I believe she did. And then she she goes right out and tells everyone in the city, and they come out. Jesus and the disciples are there for two more days, and many other people believed because of his word. So that's the way Jesus dealt with a sinner, and just some thoughts, points that we can use in dealing with people that we would consider sinners um, versus the person we looked at last week, uh, someone who's a religious sinner. So that's where we will end tonight.